Welcome to the Healthcare Executive Podcast, providing you with insightful commentary and developments in the world of healthcare leadership. To learn more, visit ACHE.org. And without further ado, your host. Hello again, everyone. Welcome to the Healthcare Executive Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Sperling. Our guest today is Dr. Richard Greenhill. Dr. Greenhill is Assistant Director of Graduate Certificates and Assistant Professor in the Department of Healthcare Management and Leadership at Texas Tech University Health Sciences Center. He is internationally recognized for his expertise in healthcare quality, as well as hospital resilience and disaster preparedness. Dr. Greenhill holds several industry and board certifications, including Six Sigma Master Black Belt, Project Management Professional and Certified Professional in Healthcare Quality. Now, he also serves as a member of ACHE's faculty and presents on healthcare quality through CHOICE. CHOICE is a convenient, customizable, and cost-effective program to ensure continuous development for hospital and health system leadership teams. You can learn more about CHOICE at ache.org slash CHOICE. He is also board certified in healthcare management as a fellow of ACHE. Plus, he is the creator and host of the Improve Healthcare podcast. Dr. Richard Greenhill, welcome to the Healthcare Executive Podcast. Thank you. It's uh, good to be here, Eric. Yeah, you're on the other side of this time. Uh, you're, you're the interviewee. <laughs> I am, and it's kind of interesting. But uh, but I'm but I'm happy to be here today. All right, let's jump right in. Now, you have an extensive background in quality management, as we described. How did you become immersed in that area, and why is it important to you and other healthcare leaders? That's a great question. I started my career in laboratory medicine in the Navy in blood bank and microbiology back in the mid to late 90s, not to date myself. For those familiar with the medical laboratory, quality is the substratum of our very existence. So early on, I was conditioned to acknowledge and focus on quality in my day-to-day work. So as I ascended the ranks in the Navy, of course, everyone had heard of the total quality management and total quality leadership, but then there was this evolved set of methods called Six Sigma. So in the 2000s, I became a Six Sigma black belt and more recently a master black belt. I learned a long time ago in the clinical laboratory that quality is the most important thing in healthcare delivery. Then what struck me was all the harm that we do to patients as an industry. This was also raised in the Institute of Medicine report in the late 90s called to air as human, which many of the listeners are probably familiar with. So in all my roles on active duty in the Navy, as well as the private sector, quality was at the center of every role that I've held. It's important to our industry because our job is to heal people and not to induce further harm. And I know all my colleagues in the United States and around the world have the same orientation towards high quality care and not harming the very people that we're responsible for helping through some of their most challenging moments in their health and in their life. Yeah, I want to ask you about, uh, you know, you developed a new ACHE seminar that actually shares the title with this podcast, Revitalizing Your Quality Improvement Strategy. So why did you choose Revitalizing as part of that course title? Well, first, Eric, let me thank the college for the opportunity to share my wisdom from 30 years in the industry working on this tough topic. So we as an industry have struggled with quality over my entire career, and I think that we were making progress in some areas prior to the pandemic. In fact, AHRQ did a press release on July 12th of a study between it and the Journal of the American Medical Association that noted that the period between 2010 and roughly 2019, we made significant gains in reducing adverse events for things like heart failure, surgery, and pneumonia patients. 
But there are several publications out there that point to the erosion of those gains during the pandemic. Now, the term revitalize literally means to make something grow, develop, or be successful again. So words matter. And in terms of the seminar, I wanted to really do two things. I wanted to first acknowledge my colleagues for the work that they've done. And that's validated by the AHRQ and JAMA study that I just mentioned. And then I wanted to inject hope that we can get there again and even surpass the things that we did prior to the pandemic. I know and I hear from my colleagues that there are headwinds in staffing and other areas that make it really difficult to focus you know, intently on quality now. It's part of every, the thing we do every day. But the things that I talk about in the seminar are applicable and implementable to rebuild sustainability in the quality management system, which is the biggest issue in trying to have high quality care in healthcare. Lots of organizations run great projects and initiatives, but making those processes really sticky in the culture is key to continuous improvement. And those are the kinds of things that I discuss and include in my sessions. Well, you, you touched on the pandemic, so let's go there for a minute. Um, how has the pandemic specifically, you think, affected the way leaders are developing and executing a quality strategy right now for their organizations? Well, leaders you know, were in emergency mode during the pandemic, just trying to stay afloat. In a recent talk I gave, uh, an executive colleague noted that they had thousands of people turnover during the pandemic in one health system. Now, quality is one of those areas that stability and institutional knowledge are critical to you know, have continuous sort of operating capacity for quality. So with high turnover, it's very challenging to develop a quality strategy that can survive those fluctuations in staffing. And there are some things that leaders can do in the development of quality strategy around knowledge management to ensure that the precious lessons learned and the key parts of the quality management system remain intact. So to go back to your question, the pandemic, as we know, disrupted everything. And what I'm seeing now is many of my colleagues are either in refresh mode for their strategic planning or planning a refresh in the coming months. During the pandemic, there was so much firefighting just to survive and now that the worst appears to be subsiding, leaders and boards are going back to really look at those goals and see where they need to shore up their quality. So, you know, the notion of having a seminar that can share best practices is, is really exciting for them and, and for, uh, for, for the industry. So you've been touching on this a little bit throughout this podcast, but let's take a little uh, deeper dive here. How can clinical and administrative leadership work together? to revitalize their, their, their quality strategy? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. Healthcare is a team sport, as we all know. And so the better administrators understand all the things that go into a well-functioning quality management system, the better. The partnerships between nurse and physician leaders and administration ensure that the clinical voices are heard and that when policies are adopted, they don't make the workflow for or workflows for clinicians more complicated. It really seems simple. If you're making a change, ensure that the people impacted by the change have a voice. Now, I haven't studied this, but in my experience, some of the manifestations in burnout for nurses and physicians is due to the requirements that keep coming from different angles for things like documentation and other things that these clinical folks didn't necessarily sign up to do. Some of the requirements are unavoidable, but how we implement those requirements is key. And so partnerships between clinicians and administrators gives our clinical colleagues the ability to have a voice in changing their workflows. It shows interprofessional collegiality, 
a measure of professional kindness and respect for everyone. You know, the work that everyone does to deliver high quality care is really, really hard. But the more we can show kindness and respect for one another, the better for our patients and the health and mental health and safety of our workforce. Well said. And, and while we're on it, let's just switch gears a little bit. And it's always fun to have uh, another podcast host on uh, on the Healthcare Executive Podcast. So let's talk about your own podcast and what are some of those topics that you cover and the trends and the issues that you like to discuss? You know, it's, it's really great, like I said, to be on this side. And um, my show is called Improve Healthcare. And right now I have thousands of subscribers and a few hundred thousand listeners in spread out over 79 countries. I get to talk to some really smart people, you know, movers and shakers from around the world. And the focus is really the continuum of care delivery. So I cover topics mostly that deal with quality of care, both national and internationally, and innovation in care delivery. So just in this example, I've had some really great guests on that are doing things like disrupting primary care delivery here in the United States to open more access for people. And then recently I spoke to a couple of technology leaders that, that I wanna note. And you know, one of them is the president of a company called Lean Toss, where they are doing some amazing things in the space of integrating lean and data science. I also had the CEO of Echo on and they're miniaturizing point of care ultrasound to democratize its use across healthcare and, and in places where ultrasound is hard to get. So some of the really cool innovations uh, that I get to see, I'm learning a lot from it. And I think my listeners are really excited about it. And I hope folks listening to this show will check it out. It's on all platforms. And again, it's called Improve Healthcare. And I really enjoy speaking to just really wicked smart people. Absolutely. Like we're doing right here. Uh, one last question for you. Uh, and we ask this of almost all of our guests who are fellows. Uh, can you tell us about your experience with ACHE? How has the membership and the board certification really helped uh, in your career journey? Wow. Where do I start? <laughs> so getting involved in ACHE and becoming a fellow, I would say, has been the single most consequential thing in my career. I think you all know Anita Halverson. Uh, she's a dear friend of mine, and I met her in 2008 before I retired from the Navy. We served on the board of Chicago Health Executives Forum together. It's called CHEF. And it was a relationship that really jump-started my lifelong learning journey as a healthcare leader. I advanced a fellow back in uh, early 2012, and actually the day I left active duty, and then I started my first role there in Chicagoland at a really large health system. And leaving the Navy, I really didn't know what I didn't know about the civilian healthcare sector. But ACHE was right there to help me transition from a very successful 20-year naval career to now a successful career in the private sector. And the mentorship, networking, and knowledge that I've gained and continue to gain has just been something that's immeasurable. Certainly becoming a fellow was quite an achievement and ACHE has something for everyone, all types of you know, folks from public health to healthcare delivery to payer, and Anita knows how I feel about her, but I'm really so grateful for her support and friendship over the years. And I wanna to say too, beyond all the great programming and sharing of best practices, the relationships like the one I mentioned with Anita Halverson that I formed is really the crown jewel for me, for ACHE. And, and it's the thing that is the most valuable to me. You get to meet smart people, connect with them and you form lifelong friendships. So. Uh, nothing but great things to say about the college, and I'm just just very proud to be a member and a fellow. Dr. Richard Greenhill, thank you so much. It has been a pleasure talking with you today. 
Thank you, Eric. It's been my pleasure as well. Thank you for having me. And thanks to all our listeners. And we will see you next time right here on the Healthcare Executive Podcast from ACHE. This has been the Healthcare Executive Podcast, brought to you by the American College of Healthcare Executives. If you've enjoyed the show, please consider rating and reviewing on iTunes or your podcasting app of choice. And for more information, find us online at ACHE.org. Dot org.